morning and welcome to the Lord's house this morning and we pray for the Lord's blessing to be with us as we meet together around his word. Let us turn in our hymn books to uh, Psalm number 117a. You'll find it at the back and it'll be on the screen behind me. Psalm 117a, from all that dwell below the skies, O let Jehovah's praise arise and let his glorious name be sung in every land by every tongue. We'll stand and sing this psalm together to God's praise, Psalm 117a, from all that dwell below the skies. blessing on us as we meet together in, a, in our worship this morning. Let us ask for God's blessing. Let us pray. O oh Lord our God, we bow before thee, knowing that thou art the one true and living God, the one who has created all things, the one before whom the angels veil their faces as they cry, holy, 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 is the Lord God of hosts. We bow before thee this morning and we pray for thy blessing, thy presence, and thy power to be with us as we meet together around thy word. We pray that thou wouldst help us to worship thee in the beauty of holiness, that we would be true worshipers of thee, the living God, that we would worship thee in spirit and in truth. We thank thee, Lord, for giving us a measure of health and strength to be in thy house and we pray for thy special blessing to be with thy servant as he opens the book and as he ministers the word to us, we pray that thou wouldst give to each one of us the hearing ear and the understanding heart. We pray, Lord, for those who are not able to be with us through ill health or infirmity, we pray thy special blessing upon them. Remember our brother Ron this morning. We also pray for Serene. We remember Dr. McClelland and others who need thy hand. We pray, Lord, that thou wouldst bless them and be with them in their time of need. 
and help us to appreciate that our lives are but as a vapor that appears for a little time and vanishes away. Teach us afresh to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. We pray, Lord, for those who mourn the loss of loved ones. We pray that thou wouldst comfort them in their time of need. And Lord, teach us to be among those who are wise, who seek thee while thou art to be found, and who call upon thee while thou art near. We pray, Lord, for thy blessing to be with us now as we sing thy praise and read thy word. May we do so in the spirit of true worship. We pray this in our Savior's precious name. Amen. We will now sing hymn number 137, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross on Which the Prince of Glory Died. We'll stand and sing this hymn together to God's praise, hymn number 137, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. you to our service this morning and we pray for the Lord's blessing to be with us as we meet together around his word. This evening there will be a time of prayer at 5.50 before the evening service at 6.30 and then there will be a time of fellowship following the evening service uh, starting around 7.30 going till about 10 p.m. 
where we'll have a time of testimonies, hymn singing, and a short devotion. On Wednesday, uh, there will be our prayer meeting at 7.30, and then next Lord's Day, our pastor will be back, Lord willing, and we will have our Sunday school at 9.50, and the morning service at 11, the evening service at 6.30, with our time of prayer preceding the evening service. The week of prayer will be coming up at the end of January, the week of January 22nd to the 26th, and we pray that the Lord will bless us during that week. The daily Bible reading calendar for 2024 is available. Please get your copy on the desk at the back. We welcome those who are viewing online this morning, and we pray the Lord's blessing upon you as you join with us for our worship this morning. All these, the Lord willing. Now let us turn in our Bibles to uh, the book of John, chapter 21, the last book in the book of John, John 21, and we'll read the first 12 verses of the chapter. John 21, beginning to read at verse 1. After these things, Jesus showed himself to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus, and Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a-fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast, therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and he cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were two hundred cubits, dragging the net with fishes. As soon then as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land, full of great fishes, an hundred and fifty and three. And for all that there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou, knowing it was the Lord? Thus far in the reading of God's word, may God bless to us this portion of his holy and infallible word to our never-dying souls. 
Let us now turn in our hymn books to hymn number 384. Hymn number 384, My Jesus, I love thee, I know thou art mine. We'll stand and sing this hymn together to God's praise. Hymn number 384, My Jesus, I love thee. This time we're going to hand the service over to Reverend Cranston, who will bring us the word, and may God bless us as we consider this portion. To thank Mr. Fraser for leading the meeting for us this morning, very much appreciated. It is good to be here. Seems such a quite a while. My wife asked me this morning, well, how do you feel? I said, I'm very nervous, as if it was just a student starting out. But we're glad to be here, and I want to take this opportunity to thank everyone 
for your prayers. You've no idea how much I appreciated them over the past 12 months or so. And I do sincerely thank you. And I'm thankful also the Lord continues to answer your prayers. And not 100% yet, but thankfully, we're going the right direction. So again, thank you very much. Would you turn with me now, please, to the portion of Scripture that has been read? John chapter 21. I'd like to speak this morning about the stranger on the shore. And before we consider God's Word, let us unite once again in prayer. Let us pray. Let us still ourselves before the Lord. O dear Lord and loving, gracious Father, we bless Thee today afresh for Thy dear Son. And O Lord, how often that hymn that we sung this morning touches the heart when I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died. My riches gain I count but loss and poor contempt and all my pride. Dear Lord Jesus, pray that thou will draw near to each one of us today. We pray, Lord, like the bride in the Song of Solomon, today we'll hear the voice of our beloved. May we, dear Lord, have the fragrance of thy presence here with us this morning. Pray, Lord, thou will draw near. Bless this congregation. Thank thee for it, Lord. Remember Dr. and Mrs. Saunders as they make their way home. Lord, grant them traveling mercy. And as has been prayed, draw near and give help and support and strength. Lord, to those that are weak in body and let us sigh. Bless Dr. McClelland and others, Lord, of this congregation. Now, Lord, come. Come, Lord, and draw near. I ask that thou would grant to me the help of the Holy Spirit of God, that, Lord, I might be enabled to preach the word. And in preaching the word, I will always endeavor to preach Christ, his finished work, and his shed blood. Come, abide with us now. The Savior's name, I pray. Amen. John chapter 21. My text for this morning is the verse 4. And when the morning was come, Jesus stood on the shore 
but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus, the stranger on the shore. According to the gospel records, during his public ministry, the Lord wrought three fishing miracles, not including the miracle of the multiplying the bread and the fish to feed the four and the five thousand. But there are three distinct miracles involving fish and also involving Peter. The first one had to do with the call to service. You go over to Luke chapter 5, please. In Luke chapter 5, the people had pressed upon Christ to hear the word. Often think about that hunger they must have had to hear the word. They pressed upon him that the Lord had to get into a ship and use the ship as his pulpit. He then told the disciples to cast their net. And Peter said, but we have labored all night and caught nothing. The Lord then told him to let down your nets, plural. But unfortunately, we read in verse 5, Simon answering said, Unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net, singular. So you see, Peter didn't really believe that they needed two nets, but the Lord said, let down your nets. We read in verse five, 7, And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. Fill the net with fish. <coughs> and verse 10, And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. There you have Peter's call to service. The next miracle we read about involving fish is over in Matthew 17. You turn over, please, Matthew 17. And again, Peter was involved. Matthew 17. You go to the end of the chapter, verse 27. Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, that is about paying tribute money. Go thou, the Lord said to Peter, to the sea and cast and hook and take up the fish that first cometh up. And when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money. That take and give unto them for me and thee. Not only do we have the call to service, here we have the coin of silver. Now that brings us to the third miracle that the Lord wrought 
with regard to fish. And here it is in John chapter 21. Once again, the disciples, the seven disciples, had toiled all night and caught nothing. When we look at this miracle, we see the compassion of the Savior. What a lovely, beautiful, wonderful picture we have here of Christ and his love and compassion and mercy. This miracle reveals so much of the tender love and compassion of Christ. That we will see as we consider what took place that day at the Sea of Tiberias. The Sea of Tiberias. When the disciples that day, that morning, saw the stranger on the shore. It was Christ, but they didn't recognize him. He was the stranger on the shore. And I want to look at the stranger on the shore. One is to notice, first of all, the master by the sea. The master by the sea. We are told that the Lord Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. Verse 1. It's interesting to note, first of all, the sea. The sea. The Sea of Tiberias. Sea of Tiberias is the same as the Sea of Galilee. Matthew 4 is described as the Sea of Galilee, and John 21 is called the Sea of Tiberias. And of course, the Lord had shown himself unto his disciples at the Sea of Galilee <coughs> when he said to Peter and others, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. John, or sorry, Matthew 4, verse 19. We see that Peter and the others then were back where they started. The Lord had called them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they first took all and followed him. Approximately three years later, where are they? They're back where they started. They're back at the Sea of Galilee <coughs> or the Sea of Tiberias. Now listen. Here's something interesting. Tiberias means a circle. Tiberias means a circle. And as far as Peter and the other six disciples are concerned, their life had gone a complete circle. They were back where they started. Back at the Sea of Galilee or the Sea of Tiberias. They had been called to be fishers of men. Instead, their lives had gone a complete circle. They were back where they started. Isn't that the way it is with some believers? Never seem to make much progress. 
Think of it. Here we are, the last Sabbath day of 2023. You look over the last 12 months, you can ask yourself, what progress have I made with God? What progress have I made? Or am I back where I started? Do you find yourself today at the Sea of Tiberias? Right back where you started. Look over the past 12 months. Would you not lament? Or are you able to rejoice that you've made great progress with God? Or are you at the, the Sea of Tiberias today? As well as the sea, we notice the seven. We're told that seven disciples were there that day when the Lord showed himself unto them. Seven disciples led by Peter. Peter said, I go a-fishing. And the others say, we also go with thee. I often think of the seven disciples. <coughs> Certainly, as the seven at sea, Yeah, they were at sea, physically. But in many ways, they were at sea, spiritually. For they didn't really know where they stood with the Lord. After all that had taken place, after Peter had denied the Lord with oaths and curses, after the other disciples had deserted Christ, where did they stand? Where did they stand with their Lord? They were the seven at sea. How did Peter feel now? After denying his Lord three times. He had been called. He had been called three years earlier to be a fisher of men and here he is at the sea of Tiberias, back at the fishing again, fishing for fish. He had failed miserably. That's right. You could say, Peter, you shouldn't be there. We see him now at the sea of Tiberias or Galilee, where he was first called to service. Instead of being a zealous servant for the Lord, he's back where he started. You can say he's a backslider. And what did he do? He went back to his old ways. Not what the backslider does. Peter went back to the fishing.
The backslider does that, not right? Go back to his old ways, his old company. Uses again the old language that he used before the Lord saved them. That's right, back where they started. Second Peter, speaking from experience. <clears throat> Second Peter 2, verse 22. But it is happened unto them, according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sigh that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Boy, it's sad, isn't it? Isn't it sad when you apply those words to Peter? The sigh that was washed has gone back to the wallowing in the mire. That's what the backslider does. You could challenge yourself today. Where do you stand? Be honest. And challenge yourself and answer. Where are you today in relation to Christ? As well as the sea, the seven, there's also here the saying. Verse 3. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a-fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. After his denials and the desertions of the other disciples, was this all? Was this all? That Peter could do now? Just go back to the fishing? Is that all was left for him in his life? Did Peter feel? And I believe the fact that Peter went back to the fishing. I think Peter felt the Lord wouldn't want anything more to do with me. I denied ever knowing him. I denied with oaths and curses. Why would the Lord want to have anything more to do with me? There's nothing more that I can do. Go back to the fishing. If that's what Peter believed, that the Lord wouldn't want anything more to do with him, after what he had done, denied the Lord three times, 
I know not the man. Couldn't even bring himself. Couldn't even bring himself to say, I know not the Lord, I know not the Christ. I know not the man. Well, if Peter thought that because he had denied the Lord and gone back and he thought the Lord wouldn't want anything more to do with him, Peter was wrong. Praise the Lord. He was mistaken. Because that's not who the Lord is. No. That's not who the Lord is. That's not the heart of Christ. The Lord that morning, that morning, to say to Berius, the Lord that morning obviously came looking for Peter and the others. No, not to condemn them. No, not to dismiss them from service, but to rescue them and to restore them and give them a second chance. Oh. Don't you love the Lord? Don't you love this Savior? He's ready to give us another chance. Where would we be if we had a Savior who never gave us a second chance? Never gave us a second opportunity to serve him. Go over there to Acts 12, please. Acts 12, verse 25. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry and took with them John, whose surname was Mark. There's Mark and He's going to go with Paul and Barnabas to serve the Lord. Chapter 13, verse 5. And when they were at uh, Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews. And they had also John to their minister. So there's John Mark. He has gone with God's servants, Saul and Barnabas, and he's ministering on to God's servants. He's doing a work for the Lord. Now go down to chapter 13 to verse 13. And when Paul and his company loosed from Paphos, They came to Perga in Pamphylia 
And John departed from them and returned to Jerusalem. What did he do? He went back where he started. He left Paul and Barnabas and went back home. Was that the end? Would John Mark be given another chance? Would John Mark be given another opportunity to serve the Lord? Well, praise the Lord, he was given that opportunity. For we read 2 Timothy 4, verse 11, Take Mark, Paul's speaking, Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable unto me for the ministry. What do you think of that? He was restored. He was rescued. You think of John Mark? Had he not returned to the Lord's work, what a miserable existence he would have lived the rest of his days, knowing he had failed the Lord. Likewise, Peter and the other six disciples what would their lives have been like? Having returned to their old ways after denying the Lord and deserting the Lord, I'm sure they would have felt their lives wouldn't have been worth living. Ah. But we have a Savior who's ready. They give us a second chance. Praise his name. They give us a second chance. Amen. As well as the master by the sea, we have the miracle at the sea. It was not a good night's fishing for the disciples, for that night they caught nothing, verse 3. Well, when you're out of step with the Lord, when you're following the Lord afar off, that's how your life can be summed up. One word, nothing. Nothing. That morning, first of all, the disciples saw the stranger. The disciples knew not that it was Jesus. You read the commentators, and they put forth their own view as to why the disciples didn't recognize the stranger on the shore. My own opinion for what it's worth, 
They didn't recognize the stranger on the shore because they didn't expect to see Christ there that morning. (coughs) As I said, they denied the Lord. They all forsook him and fled. Why would he come looking for them? After what they had done to him and how they had treated him. No. That's why they didn't recognize him because they didn't expect him to be there. They didn't expect him to come looking for them. Why would he want anything more to do with them? This stranger on the shore. They should not have been surprised at seeing Christ that morning because compassionate, tender-hearted Savior had come that morning looking for those seven disciples that he might rescue them that he might restore them to their first love. Over in Revelation 2, verse 4, the Lord had something to say about the church in Ephesus. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. Thou hast left thy first love. And the fact that Peter and the others had gone back to the fishing was an indication they had left their first love. They left their first love. Christ That love had grown cold. That love in their hearts for Christ was not what it should be. They had left their first love. But wait, listen. Over in First John, Chapter 4, verse 19. We read these words. Listen. We love him because he first loved us. Think of it, believer. Think of it, believer. You and I are Christ's first love. and praise his holy name, that love for us will never grow cold. 
That love of Christ will never leave us. Peter and the others had left their first love. That will never happen. Never, ever happen with Christ. We're his first love. Praise his name. Bless the Lord. We are his first love. We love him. We love him. Because he first loved us. First loved us. And speaking from experience, (coughs) we read in James' epistle, chapter 5, in verse 11, the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. When the disciples would discover how pitiful and how tender the Lord's mercy was that day, that he came early that morning to seek those disciples and to restore them to their first love. We love him. When was the last time you told the Lord you loved him? We love him. We love him. We love him. Whenever you bow in prayer, do you tell him, Lord Jesus, I love thee. I know thou art mine. For thee all the follies of sin I resign. My gracious Redeemer, my Savior art thou. If ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis not. You sure and tell the Lord you love him every time you pray. As well as the stranger, you have the seeking. Stranger now spoke to his disciples saying, Children, have ye any meat? Verse 5. Look carefully at what the Lord said. Jesus said unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. You notice something? How did the Lord address his disciples? Children, You see, after all they had done, they were still his children. Bless the Lord. It's not the same, sure, in our own family. No matter I, one of her sons or daughters, they disobey us and grieve us. They're still our children. That never changed. And here we have the disciples 
deserting the Lord, denying the Lord, distancing themselves from the Lord, but they were still his children. You know something? That'll never change. If you're born again today of the Spirit of God and you've been washed in the blood, you're a child of God, that will never change. You'll never be cast out of the family of God. The Lord Jehovah be your Father. The Lord Jesus Christ, your Savior and elder brother, and the Holy Spirit will be your comforter and your assurance of heaven. The Holy Spirit is the earnest, Paul said, the earnest of our salvation. That word earnest is a word that means deposit. You go into a furniture store and you see a suite of furniture that you like, but you don't have the money with you to buy it. So you, what do you do? You put a deposit on it. And the salesman will put a sign on that suite of furniture, sold. It's yours. The Holy Ghost is our deposit of heaven. Praise the Lord. We are as sure of heaven as if we were already there. And here the Lord said to those disobedient disciples, children, have you any meat? So you have the stranger and you have the seeking and you have the statute <coughs> the statute <coughs> when the Lord asked them <coughs> pardon me children have you any meat? Well the disciples didn't have much to say. One word children have you any meat? They answered him, no. We can apply that to ourselves. Again, here we are the last day of the year. We can look back over the past 12 months. And what have the Lord said to us this morning? Children, have ye any meat? What would we answer? Have you read your Bible more? No. Have you spent more time in prayer? No. Have you borne any spiritual fruit? No. 
while those disciples had nothing to show for their night of labor. The Lord gives them an order, cast the net on the right side of the ship, verse 6. But he didn't stop there. Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. That's the difference. When Peter and the other six disciples were at the Sea of Tiberias that morning, they weren't there at the command of the Lord. The Lord hadn't told them to go there and fish. No. But now he's telling them what to do. Cast the net on the right side of the ship. As far as the Lord's concerned, he always tells us the right side of the ship. We need always, we need to live. Need to live the victorious life, and that can only be done. It's only possible when we obey God's word and do what God tells us. That's what you want. You want the victorious life. You don't want to live a defeated life. You want to live the, the victorious life. And that can only be accomplished by obeying the Lord. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, and it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Isaiah 55, verse 11. Well, the disciples experienced the truth of those words that morning. After considering the master by the sea and the miracle by the sea, finally we have the meal by the sea. That morning after the disciples obeyed the Lord, they had a great catch of fish. We notice then the discovery Upon seeing the great catch of fish, John immediately recognized who the stranger on the shore was. For verse 7, John says, it is the Lord. Have you ever had something like that happen to you? Something like that happened. An unexpected event has taken place in your life and you find it difficult to explain and you've just simply said, it is the Lord. The Lord did it. Not right. You have no other way of explaining it. A particular blessing comes to you, and you can't explain it, and you just simply say, it is the Lord. That's what happened to John. When John saw the multitude of fishes, he immediately said, it is the Lord. 
Notice the reaction of Peter following John's discovery, verse 7. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that, it was the Lord, he girded his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked and had cast himself into the sea. Poor Peter. There stands the one on the shore whom he had denied of ever knowing. And now he's ashamed. He's ashamed. Of how he had behaved. You look back again over the past year. Have some event taken place in your life and you're ashamed? I often think, you know, well, Peter saw the Lord that day, recognized who the Lord was, who the stranger on this, along the shore was, and he was ashamed. You know, believer, I, I'm sure you have done the same. How will you feel when you see the Lord? By and by when he holds out his hands, welcoming hands, nail-riven hands, by and by when he holds out his hands, I'll wish I wish Reginald Cranston will wish he had given him more, more of my love than I e'er gave before. By and by, when he holds out his hand, I'll wish I had given him more. Yes, God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. It'll be the tears that we'll shed when we see the one. Our beloved. Yea, he is altogether lovely. Quickly you have the draft. Cast a net on the right side of the ship. The result was a great draft of fishes. There's always a right and a wrong <coughs> way to do something. And here we see the Lord's ways are always right. Psalm 119, verse 105. 
Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And as we embark upon this new year, Lord willing, you could make that a motto. Text. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I'm going to endeavor by God's grace to live by the word. You have the discovery. You have the draft. You have the dining. The dining. Verse 12, And Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of his disciples dares asked him, Who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord? Come and dine. Dear backslider, today the Lord says to you, Come and dine. No, I'm not going to cast you away. No. I'm not going to throw you on the scrap heap of life. Oh, come and die. And what did the Lord say to Peter? When he did come and die, the Lord said, Lovest thou me more than these? Three times. Do you love me, Peter? Do you love me? Feed my sheep. You often think the Lord really didn't need to ask Peter anything else. Do you love me? The Lord says that to us today. My son, my daughter, Do you love me? May the Lord bless his word to our hearts. Let's bow in prayer. Oh, dear Lord, loving Savior, we love thee. We love thee, Lord, for dying in our room instead. We love thee for so many, many things. Lord, increase our love for thee. That, Lord, we might serve thee in this incoming year May it be a different year from last year. Lord, do work in our hearts, I pray. We ask the Lord to bless again this congregation. Thank the Lord for each one in it. Ask the Lord to bless us now as we part the one from the other. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be your abiding portion now. And until the day breaks and the shadows all flee away and we see our beloved. In his name we pray. Amen.